You're listening to the Up In Your Business podcast with Angus Nelson. This is session number one. And while Inc. Magazine just ranked today's guest as number one in the top 25 of social media speakers, today you will hear a unique, more transparent side of Joel Com. While you can borrow elements from other people's success story, your greatest success story, I believe, has to come from your own uniqueness. Welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. This show is about intention, transparency, and insights from business professionals sharing their personal business. Discover what they've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Empowering a new breed of self-aware leadership. Here's your host, Angus Nelson. Well, hi there. Welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast, where we build you to do business better. I'm your host, Angus Nelson, and this is podcast number one. It is the very first recording, and I know for a fact I'm probably going to look back at this and shake my head knowing I could have done a much better job. But that's part of the lesson we're going to learn today. The first lesson is that you show up. You see, if I had waited until I got everything perfect, I'd probably never move forward with this podcast. I'd probably still be telling people, what I was thinking about doing, but never actually doing. And that's the thing, right? We often find ourselves making excuses for why we're not actually doing the things we're supposed to be doing. So I simply pulled the trigger and went for it. Even though I'm feeling a bit freaked out, I am executing on my plan. And so again, this is the first lesson that you're going to actually hear Joel refer to today. Our guest, Joel Com, is going to be showing up. And since this is a new podcast, you probably don't know anything about me, and you may want to listen to Show Zero Zero to get some further context about who I am as Angus Nelson and how this whole thing came about. But the brief background about this podcast is that I work with corporate executives from some of the largest companies on the planet. And in so doing, I found that there's one truth about all of us. Regardless of our prominence, our prestige, our positions, our titles, at the end of the day, all of us are so very human. We all have fears, insecurities, and struggle. And that, I think, is the story of our existence. How do we push through that which seems to hold us back? And on this show, we get up in our collective business. Not only will you learn about my guests' expertise and their insights in their industry and profession, you're also going to hear about their experience, the stories, many like your own, of difficult challenges that they had to overcome to be effective in life. And my goal is to create a community of self-aware leaders. Whether you're in corporate or startup, you're an entrepreneur or even a wantrepreneur, maybe you're just not sure yet. I want you to know you're not alone in this journey. And this is a safe place where transparency and vulnerability is encouraged. And after all, you and I, we're the same. We're doing the best we can with what we have. And when each interview is over, I'm going to offer my own motivational thoughts and speak to those internal and often limited beliefs we all have and offer some perspective as well as some action that you can take to get to the next level. So I'm really happy you're here. I'm excited to hear also what you think about the show. 
If after the show you've listened, if you could please go to iTunes and fill out a review, I have a bonus for you. If you go to my website at angusnelson.com, drop me a note at the Get In Touch page and tell me that you posted a review for the very first hundred reviews. I'm going to send you a free digital copy of my book, Love's Compass. And again, go to iTunes, give a review. It doesn't even have to be a good review. I mean, if, if I need to improve, if I have opportunities to make it better, please let me know. And then send a note to my website on the Get In Touch page and say, I posted a review. So let's move on to today's show. I'm going to interview a New York Times bestselling author with about 20 books to his credit. He's also sold a gaming company to Yahoo. He's built software. He's done training. He's even connected us all to our eighth grade selves as the creator of the popular iPhone app, iFart. And this past summer, he spoke at TEDx Mile High. He's also counseled Microsoft and IBM, Twitter, and many other large brands. He's a super smart smart guy, but he's also has lots of refreshing candor, and I really appreciate a bit of his cheeky humor too. Today, I'm talking to Joel Kamm, and let's jump into that interview right now. Well, I fart <laughs> demonstration for you. Thank you for having me. This is this is great fun. Fantastic. And as you noticed, I am wearing your shirt. Do good you stuff. Are. Well, it's your shirt, but it's my brand. Yes. Uh, you didn't like stuff. come over to my closet this morning and say, oh, I think I'll wear this Joel shirt. But I love, <laughs> it looks good on you. You wear it well. Your first website, worldvillage.com turned 20 this year. Amazing, huh? You know, the world of websites and internet and technology, even Joel Kamm himself personally, what do you think has changed the most in the last 20 years? Uh, well, the most. I think that just the number of people that are online, right? We're, we're in such a connected world. You know, back when I was getting started, there was only 18,000 websites in 1995, and I had one of them. Today, there's millions and millions and, and uh, you know, half the world is connected via mobile. Social media has transformed the way we engage and interact with each other. And so many sites have come and gone, you know, MySpace and Yahoo used to be such a big deal and so many others. It's pretty amazing. And you're saying do good stuff as the t-shirt states. How has that slogan come about through your journey? You know, a few years ago, I grew so tired of the way everybody was signing off their emails in my circles. It was always to your success. I'm like, you know, that is so blah. Everybody writes, you know, in my, my idea about life is that try not to sweat stuff so much, just like whatever it is you're producing and doing. If it stems from your passions, your talents, your skills, your ability, your personality, and, and you want to put good out there in the world, just Go do good stuff. And I believe in the laws of sowing and reaping. If you put good stuff out there, you don't have to worry about the results. Good stuff is going to come back at you. Some call it karma. You know, whatever it is you want to call it, just do good stuff. Make it your life's goal to whatever you produce. Make sure it's good. Maybe it's inspirational. Maybe it's educational. Maybe it's entertaining. It helps somebody else in some way. And so I started signing my emails, do good stuff. And that's just become a line of mine. And then I decided to create this T-shirt and uh, people love it and, and it looks good on you. Well, thank you. Thank you. So along those lines in business, you know, people come out of college or, you know, whatever they may be trying to aspire to. And there's a lot of competitiveness. There's kind of a dog eat dog. And, and depending on which city you're in and what culture you have, it isn't always so generous and it isn't so kind and it isn't good. 
What are some of the things that you maybe have helped coach? Well, first of all, I'm assuming that what they want, the value they want to bring is valuable, that they're not just in it for what they can get, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, about, it's about giving. It's about doing something that's valuable for others. And I think one of the things I see people do is they ask, well, how are people succeeding online? You know, and then they want to duplicate that. They want to copy it and and be a copy of somebody else's success. And while you can borrow elements from other people's success story, your greatest success story, I believe, has to come from your own uniqueness. Do something different. Look at all the success stories that we see in the online world, especially. They're unique. You know, Uber came out with this idea of let's transform ride sharing by creating an app that has drivers on demand. Nobody was doing that. And so they found this better mousetrap and they built it. You know, when you look at the way Google did search, they came along and they blew away Yahoo and Dogpile and Lycos and InfoSeek because their algorithm was far superior, you know, and the services they provide met a need that people have. And so don't try to copy what others are doing, maybe build off of them, but do something new that is a story that's compelling enough that other people will have, you'll have their attention and they'll go, that's cool, especially in today's social climate where people are always sharing what's interesting to them. You know, you've got a better chance of creating something that's brand new and having it talked about today than you did 10 years ago just because of social media. Yeah, for sure. And for you, you started with, and correct me because there were some altering different factoids here. I've got a dollar 87 cents in your bank account. I heard one, I think it was dollar 37. Something like that. I don't remember the exact amount, but when I first got started, I had a partner at that time and we had an angel investor was a friend of his that lived in another state, gave us 25 grand to start our business. And and I quit my job and we burned through that cash. My partner went to work for a corporation and I'm left without a job and without money. And that was a pretty amazing time. That was in 1996. And I began looking back. And, you know, wondering, all right, how do I go make money? Because I really felt like I was supposed to do this. This was, I kind of felt like this was my my density. And back to the future reference for yeah. those of you that missed it. Because, you know, we're old and we get that. And not everybody's seen it. And I had a moment of a real humility. And it brought me to my knees. I'm like, I'm praying. I'm saying, God, I don't know, you know, what I'm supposed to do now. There's no money left. And I've got, you know, a wife and I've got young kids and help. And something really interesting happened within a week, Angus. I got an email out of the blue from a guy in Washington state. I lived in Plano, Texas, who I never heard of this guy representing a Japanese multimedia conglomerate that I had never heard of. Couldn't even pronounce it. I can now. Takarajamisha. And he said they wanted to license content from me, from my website, worldvillage.com. And I'm thinking, okay, this could be worth a couple hundred bucks a month or something. And before I had a chance to put an offer out there, if there's one thing I learned from sales, it's that when somebody's talking about doing a deal, just shut your mouth and listen. The guy said they wanted to pay me $5,000 a month to license my content. Jaw dropped, hit the floor. This was in a, within the week of me asking for divine intervention. So whatever you want to call it, whatever you believe, I believe it was a direct answer to prayer. And there's not been a time since then that I've, I've looked back again. Yeah. And that's awesome. The um, end. I don't think it was the end because here's the thing. 
the beginning. You've been like an 80s exercise video. Like, let's get physical, physical. You have been contorting in all sorts of directions. You've hustled, you've iterated, you've pivoted, you've built, you've sold, you've licensed, you've written, you've AdSensed and affiliated. I'm pretty sure I probably made up some words right there. Well done. (laughs) But here's my question. How did you produce so many companies and products? You know, I don't know. I'm just being me. I mean, honestly, I don't know that there's a formula. I show up. I take risks. I'm willing to do stuff because it's interesting to me and because I believe in it. And I think that perhaps there's two secrets if I'm going to reverse engineer myself because it's not calculated. One is relationship, right? It's it's being around people and, and bringing value to them, surrounding yourself with smart people that are doing you know, creative things, people that are smarter than myself and going to events in particular places that I might really not know what I'm even doing there, but ending up meeting people and building this circle of friends and being social with them. And number two, I think it's taking risks. And there's, you know, my brag sheet has this list of things that I've done that, yeah, I guess some of them did really well, but what you don't see is how many things I've tried that have failed sometimes miserably. And there's a lot of those. And I think it's that willingness to step up again and again and say, let's try this. Let's try this. That didn't work. Fine. Let's try this. And you keep doing that as you're building your network and assuming that it's coming from a place of, I really believe in this and I think it'll help people in some way enrich their lives, either through education or inspiration or entertainment, then you're going to hit some, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes I get, you know, I love the baseball analogies. I strike out frequently. Occasionally, I'll get a walk. Sometimes I'll get a hit and maybe even get the second base. Sometimes you'll get something that'll fall just short of what the real vision is and you'll make it the third. But sometimes, boom, out of the park, home run. And those are the ones that you talk about. That's the New York Times bestseller, right? That's the reality show. That's the number one iPhone app. But meanwhile, there's 10 other apps that you never heard of. So I think that answers your question. Maybe. If not, too bad. That's all I got. (laughs) I think it's good. So, you know, yeah, you have, to your point, you have the ones that you hit out of the park, the ones that are great. What is one that maybe you thought should have been great, but at the end of the day, you grabbed a drink and said, well, Back in 2008, nine, I built a mobile marketing platform from scratch that was kind of like a constant contact and a Weber for mobile, where you'd be able to broadcast messages to opt in mobile phones. And because of the success of iFart and other projects I was doing, this project really got neglected. And it was fantastic. And we spent a lot of time, money, man hours on it, six figures easily. And at the end of the day, I want to say 2011, I finally pulled the plug on it because not only did we not launch it well, not only could we not raise capital, and not only could I not even sell what was left of the technology to another upstart that wanted to enter that space, I was still paying for it. And I realized something really important. I learned a great lesson and don't regret any of it. It was a failure for me and it was an expensive failure. And letting it go was a big deal because once you cut off your ties and with the the technology and mobile, you can't resurrect it again. Your short code is gone and technology doesn't work. So once I decided to shut it down, I stopped paying for it. And I realized that I quit 
failing the moment I stopped paying for it. Rather than having this crushing feeling like, oh, I failed at this and now it's gone, I felt this release, this burden was lifted from my shoulders and I felt so elated that it was no longer anything I had to think about. And it didn't feel like a failure at that moment. I learned from it and now it's a teaching experience. Well, that's a segue to my next question. You know, some say that business always costs you something personally. Mm -hmm. Would you be comfortable sharing areas where maybe some of these successes or some of the things that you endeavored have impacted your personal life? Sure. You know, I have traditionally had a bit of an addictive personality. You know, in my life, I've struggled with a number of different addictions. I shared this at my TEDx talk just a few weeks ago here in Denver. I got real vulnerable and transparent to begin with because I wanted to set an example. And I told people that You know, I'm very flawed and I've struggled with in my past drug addiction, pornography addiction, workaholism. And that goes to the point of, you know, I think placing work before my relationships probably contributed in some degree to the end of my marriage. You know, I think that's a high price to pay. And I take full responsibility for my part in that and probably then some a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, not having balance in your life in your priorities, I think there is always a cost. And uh, money is not nearly as important to me as it used to be. You know, I've made millions, I've lost millions, I know how to make money. Money is no longer my focus. I'm comfortable, I'm happy with the lifestyle I have. I know, and the relationships and the quality of my life and the experiences that I have are a higher priority than socking money away into my bank account. And, you know, I see people, I see younger people do this. I see people older than myself and they're just so driven and so focused on making this money and having the fancy car and the big house. And, and I look at it and I think, yep, been there, done that, could have that. I'm enjoying my life much more now that I don't have a big staff of employees and big payroll, small house and a lot of freedom. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I too, and I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast might already know my story or read my book. And I always believe that when you show yourself vulnerable, you give others permission to do the same. And I think that that's probably a great area where we are really missing the boat is because we strive for perfection. We strive for excellence is what we call it. But what we've done is kind of put this hurdle so high, we can't jump over it and nobody else can either. It's not realistic. It's not human. I mean, there might be a few superhumans out there that are close to perfect, but I haven't met them and I'm certainly not one. Yeah, for sure. So for someone who's listening to this call, uh, if you could, this going back to your uh, Back to the Future reference, if you were able to jump in a flux capacitor equipped DeLorean travel time and sit down with your 18 year old self, and I do know and realize that you told me you're grateful for everything that's happened and you wouldn't change anything. However, if you were talking to someone else who's trying to go down this path and, and start businesses and, and take on life as you have, what would you tell that young man to prepare him for life effectively or tell, for that matter? Yeah, I would tell that young person that satisfaction does not come from money or possessions. It comes from living an authentic life that is true to being who you are with no shame and valuing the people that God puts in your path because everything happens for a reason, I believe, whether it's good or seemingly bad at the time. And to not be afraid to take risks. Yeah, that's awesome. And what do you think we're like 
some of the limiting beliefs that maybe you had to wrestle through with. I too, like you, you know, wrestled with addictions. I had those self-worth issues and, and those little gremlins in my mind that would pull me down when things good would happen. What are some of the things for you that you've had to tackle and beat down or even maybe even today have to be guarded about? You know, I still, I, I still struggle from time to time with, am I good enough? issues. You know, Mm. what am I doing on this stage? Why are people listening to me? Do I really have something to say? Am I just blah, blah, blahing? You know, and I think we all have insecurities. Some of them stem from childhood because very few of us had the perfect parents because guess what? Our parents were human and their parents were human. So everybody's a little screwed up. And, you know, if we can get through parenthood with raising kids that have good hearts and and a bright future we've done really well as you know i feel like i have with my two now adult uh, grown children um you know success but they've got their issues and and they've got to work through them and it just takes time it's just you know i'm 51 now and i'm finally in a place where i'm mostly comfortable in my own skin but there's still things that that i wrestle with and it's just it's a process we go through you know i think in your when you're a kid you can do anything and nobody can tell you that you can't. Then you're in your 20s, you're ready to take on the world. You got this idealism and, you know, you're in all this change and all this impact you're going to have. And then in your 30s, you kind of go, hmm, this isn't going exactly as I thought it would. In your 40s, you're like, yeah, well, this completely went back. I don't, this didn't go as planned at all. You know, when did I get this gray hair or when did I start losing my hair? Or when did this belly come from and what happened to my, you know, my relationships and I'm broke or. I have all the money in the world, but I'm not happy. And then in your 50s, being here now, I'm kind of like, eh, who cares? Right. To go with the flow. Let's, I want to figure some things out as I can. But the older I get, the more I realize I don't know. I think we're all ignorant. Hey, you're ignorant, Angus. I'm ignorant. When you look at the sum of all knowledge in the universe, you could not even put a little dot on how much we actually know which means we're 99.9999999% unaware and ignorant means not knowing, right? So we don't know Jack and coming to a place where we're okay with that. You know, I'm thinking my sixties will be like, and seventies will be like even, you know, more, who gives a crap? I'm 70. Get away. You bother me. Get away from me, boy. Don't tell me what to do and how to do it. I think I'm getting there now already in my 50s, which maybe means I have a head start. Now I'll, I'll shut up now. <laughs> you could be the old curmudgeon. That's that would be the guy that just kind of tells it like it is. I don't. So curmudgeons, I think of as somebody that's kind of bitter, right? I think there's this path that we take in life. You know, we start out innocent and naive, and I think hopeful. And depending upon the way people engage and interact with us in our lives, you know, if our parents are loving and and present opportunity, that opens up that doorway, but somebody else will try to beat us down. Or there's those that have had just a horrible childhood and get beat down early. And we have choices to make. Do we let those experiences crush us, inform us, and shape us into somebody that is going to be unhappy, that's going to be bitter, that might actually turn to the dark side and take out our anger and our fear and our frustration on society and on others? Or do we take what's come our way and accept the life we have as, you know, blessings from God and whatever does happen, good or bad, helps to shape us. And we demonstrate gratitude. And I think that 
those who do the latter rather than the former are the people that when we become older, elderly even, have so much joy and richness in their life, you know, versus the young people these days and the world going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. I hope I'm never that guy. I, want, I always want to be young at heart and adventurous, and I don't care how old I get or how rickety my bones or how wrinkled my face. I want to spread good stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I definitely believe that when we gain wisdom, part of that wisdom is also knowing that if somebody's in the midst of their stuff, it's not really quite our place to then get and tell them where they're wrong as much as it is just to love them through it. And I think that's the most yeah. powerful, you know, element of relationship. Totally agree. Stop trying to fix people. You can't fix anyone. People tried to fix me. It wasn't until I came face to face with my own crises. And, and at that moment, you got to decide, am I going to ignore and deny my situation and go into some other unhealthy behavior? Or am I going to confront it head on and deal with it? Mm-hmm. And people don't deal with their stuff until they're ready, no matter how many times you tell them and point it out to them. I'm not saying you can't set boundaries and have consequences to boundaries that are breached, but ultimately we've got to learn the hard way for ourselves. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing and going deep with us, just as promised. If people want to get a hold of you, acquire your product, support you, transform their own lives through the good that you do, how can they get a hold of you? I'm the only Joel Calm that I know of in the world, so I'm probably the easiest guy to find. If you Google me, you'll find my blog, joelcom.com. You'll find all my social profiles. You'll find my books and my t-shirts and all kinds of stuff. So just look me up and say, hi. And say it just like that, like pre- prepubescent. Yeah, like Peter Brady. Time to change. Man, I love that guy. Thank you, Joel, for sharing. You know, I want to just reflect for a moment this whole element of wanting to transform our own lives. The whole idea of personal development for so many people is just scary. In fact, with a number of the people that I talk to and work with, if I bring up the whole concept of, you know, developing yourself, reading books and listening to speakers, that seems like such an incredibly foreign concept. And yet, in so many other areas of our lives, it's normal. You don't drive a car until you study how to drive a car. You don't graduate from school until you learn how to pass the tests. There's so many areas of our lives that we give attention to development, but to ourselves, to our relationships, to our way of thinking, to understanding maybe our own level of chaos. And that's something right there is we don't understand that our lives are very different simply because of our experiences. And those experiences shape us and we allow them to dictate how we interact with others. And what we don't realize is that much of what we experience is not necessarily normal. It's not necessarily right. It's just what we know. And one element sideline to that, I would say, is being open to a third party, whether that's listening to friends or listening to a coach or listening to a therapist. And I know it seeming like going to see a counselor or therapist can seem like it's just, you know, only crazy people do that. Well, count me in. It changed my life and it really helped me understand myself. And at the same token, 
while we're working on ourselves and dealing with development, that's what I'm trying to do with Up In Your your Business podcast is I'm trying to create a place, a safe place for us to have conversation, to help one another, to coach one another, to invest in one another and develop the element of relationship, which is what Joel talked about. How can that be done? How is it going to be accomplished? I'm not sure, but that's what I'm endeavoring to do. And the first part of that is to show up. So here I am, here you are, and we have this opportunity to do this together. So before I let you go, I want to challenge you to take some action. One thing that you can do, and that is to challenge yourself to show up into the things you've been talking about, the things you've wanted to do, the things that you really need to just pull the trigger and jump out there and do it. There's a psychology professor from Dominican University in California named uh, Dr. Gail Matthews, and uh, she did a study on goal setting with like 267 participants. And she found that you are 42% more likely to achieve your goals just by writing them down. So here's the action I'd love you to take. Jump on email, and I want you to write an email to hello at angusnelson.com. Tell me what you're going to do. And then in about 30 days, I'm going to send you an email. And I'm going to ask you, how are you doing? And do you need any help? Or how can I serve you? Other than that, I am so glad you've been here today. Please go to iTunes and fill out a review. Then go to my website at angusnelson.com. Drop me a note on my Get In Touch page to let me know that you made a review. And for the first 100 people that post a review, I'm going to send you a digital copy of my book, Love's Compass. Again, go to iTunes, give a review, then send me a note for my website's Get In Touch page. Uh, and say you post a review. This does conclude our show today. I'm so happy we had this time together. Next up, we are going to hear from a good friend of mine, Brian Kramer. He just launched his book, Shareology, this year. You're going to love hearing from him. Have a brilliant day and be amazing. Thanks for listening to the Up In Your Business podcast with Angus Nelson. Find more at upinyourbusiness.co. Remember, that's .co, not com.